Hey guys, welcome to the pod for another week. My name's Nash. Today on the podcast, we feature UNSW Women in Engineering as our Society of the Week. And we have a brand new segment for you. But first, you've got questions, they've got answers. Let us help you get out of those sticky social situations. It's time for BB&J. Now, things are going a little smoother for the guys this week, with Patrick having adopted a new outlook and embracing the power of positivity. Have a listen. Jared, I've come down a little harsh on you in the last few weeks. Don't worry, I've embraced the power of positivity now. Well, that's better. I knew you had it in you. Oh, Jared, my Jared, it's glorious. I don't just have positivity in me, I have it on me. I have it bursting at my seams. That's great, man. But maybe it's a bit much. Just tune into my vibe. Don't ruin this for me. Our first question is from Steve, who studies environmental management. He wants to know some funny voicemails he could have. Steve, I pity you. Funny voicemails are not funny. You're trying to waste our time, you're definitely wasting your own time, and anyone who calls you will have their time wasted as well. Maybe dial P for positivity and record a voicemail that people actually want to listen to. Patrick, it's strange that you would say that. I tried to call you yesterday and I went through the voicemail. I know, I ignored your call. That's not positive, but also not my point. I recorded your voicemail and here it is. Believe it or not, Patrick isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. What was it you said again? A waste of time? That could have been anyone's voicemail. How dare you? Patrick, remember, the power of positivity. Steve, have you tried the classic? Hello? Hello? That always gets me. Our next question is from Xavier from Arts who asks, How can I get my hands on a tub of golden gay time ice cream? Dying for that sweet caramel mixture. This problem, much like other problems, can be solved by camping out in the supermarket. Apocalypse? Camp out in the supermarket. Think you'll need a midnight snack? Camp out in the supermarket. Want a golden gay time? Camp in the supermarket. Xavier, what you need to understand is that maxi bonds are better than golden gay times. You say you're dying for a golden gay time, I say embrace the power of positivity and it will guide you. Guide you right to a maxi bond and to true happiness. For our last question, Sophie, who's studying education, asks, how long can I wear sunglasses indoors before people start to judge me? Sunglasses indoors is a power play. It says, I'm cooler than you. I don't meet your gaze because my gaze is so powerful it would send you running. It says, judge me. I dare you because I'm already judging you. In case you couldn't guess, Patrick is wearing sunglasses right now. But that's just because the amount of positivity in me would blind you if you stared into my eyes. Four seconds. Four seconds is how long you can leave your sunglasses on indoors for. Alternatively, the time it takes to cross the lobby when you first enter a building. Don't be that person. Don't be Patrick. That's a real negative vibe, Jared, and I will rise above you. If you want me and the power of positivity to lift you to new heights professionally and personally, send us a question at thepod at arc.unsw.edu.au. Or, you know, I'll give you a normal answer. And once again, if you have any questions of your own that need answering, let the power of positivity compel you and shoot your questions to the pod at arc.unsw.edu.au. Okay, so let me ask you, when was the last time you thought about the best way to settle an argument? 
Why do we greet people the way that we do? Why do we travel? Why are some people kinder than others? It's these sorts of questions which go to the heart of what makes us tick. And this week, pod volunteer Laura brings us a new segment to explore the infinite cultural, social and psychological complexities born of humanity. Shedding some light on why we do what we do. So she teamed up with her mate Jaden this week to take a closer look at something that we all do, though in very different ways. Saying sorry. Have a listen. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? No. Are you you ready? Yes. I'm Laura. And I'm Jaden. And this is... Say what? With Laura. And Jaden. Where we explore dissecting the dialect... Of dialogue. Talk. About talk. Chat. About chat. Yarn. About knitting. That's not what we're doing. We're talking about... We're not talking about knitting. Okay. Today, we're going to be talking about saying sorry. Why we all do it. Why we do it so much and why we do it so differently. Too much. Too much. I feel like it's something that we, we just automatically go to. I apologize all the time in my everyday life. It'll be, you know, I'll bump into someone, I'll apologize. You don't hear someone and you say, sorry, instead of what? Exactly. And, you know, things that don't make sense and you still apologize for it. It's sorry all day, every day. I'm sorry, what was that? Exactly, case in point. Today we're going to be talking to our guest, Joe. He's a very interesting guy. He's got a lot of really set ideas and he doesn't mind talking about them. He just sees it as telling the truth. In fact, you could even call him unapologetic. Hi, I'm Joe. I study maths at UNSW. I have brown hair, brown eyes. I enjoy short walks to the fridge. And I'm the kind of person who isn't apologetic. So Joe's a straight up guy. No beating about the bush. But the question is, are there situations where maybe that isn't an advantage? So I bought this car after high school that I like, saved a lot of money up to have, and it was my favourite car ever. And then a few years later, after having the car, we moved into a new area from where we were living, and I left my car parked on the street. And you can guess what happens next. A neighbour of his, an old guy, a little bit of a geriatric, runs into the car and totals it. So when Joe gets home a few hours later, you can imagine he's not feeling a lot of love for this guy. And I didn't find out about it until after I got home, like several hours later. But by then the police were still there, taking reports, taking accounts, wanting to speak to the car's owner. And then um, at the end of it, they were quoted to say, they they said that thank God that nobody got hurt. And then I interjected into my report, I kind of wish he died. It would at least have made it worth it. Stop the tape for a second. I know what you're thinking. And trust me, that was our reaction too. So... (laughs) But in that situation, I would have fallen over myself apologizing. Even in the heat of the moment, I would have been backtracking like Michael Jackson on a moonwalk. But Joe, that's not how he went about it. No, my car was gone. You really liked that car. The the, the car was gone and the guy was still standing there laughing his shit off. I'm like, motherfucker, you owe me a car. But like, yeah. So, but how did the policemen take it? At the oh, they, were, they were laughing. They were laughing. They were, so <laughs> because they, like, they, were, they had to write they, it. They didn't stop and be like, oh, "This guy might be a criminal. We might have something worried about no, you." No, despite, despite appearances. Despite I'm appearances, not, I'm not a criminal. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. So this might be an extreme example, but what we wanted to know was, what is this all about? What's the underlying philosophy here? I don't know. I feel like being honest is the key. I don't understand the reason behind cushioning the truth, behind when you can just tell the truth, have your opinion stated, and move on. If you can have all cards on the table, everyone is at the same level. And 
understanding and you can just move on with your life. So you use the truth as kind of like a high-level filter to sort out who's worth your time and who isn't? Or no filter. <laughs> no, there is no filter in that. It's just your opinion, raw, not sort of conditioned for the sensitivity of others. Now, this is beginning to make a bit more sense to us, and Jaden and I were pretty keen to chew this over. It makes sense, because Joe wouldn't have meant it if he apologised. So he doesn't believe in lying to make people comfortable, so it's just different. Different types of usage, really. Yeah, but you can say sorry. It exists on a completely different spectrum in terms of mannerisms there's excuse me sorry which means next to nothing right yeah it's like if you're on the train you bump into someone um and you just pick up their book because you bumped out of their hats excuse me it's like sorry but it doesn't it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean like i i take responsibility for what i've just done i am clearly at fault here i think like that's definitely a part of it you know if it was something criminal and you said i'm sorry it seems like you're accepting liability for it you know like it's a serious it can be really heavy really sincere yeah, it's about diffusing sorry. the situation yeah, we definitely. We do something and we accept responsibility for it. So because we like to avoid conflict. That's probably true. I think it's like very Australian thing as well. You know, you like to try and quieten down heightened situations. Just chill out, man. You know, very chill out man culture. Almost like tall poppy syndrome to the next level. You just think if someone's being too highly engaged and they're too too in your face about their opinions or whatever, then you just think like, hey, cool it. But while we're, so chilled, while we're so chilled, while we're so chilled... Everyone's got such a strong sense of personal space, such a bubble around them when we're in public, when we're on uh, public transport, Definitely. when we're walking on the street. But I think it's probably the case in international cities all over the place because there's so many people. But it's, you're right. You know, like, so what, what goes on in our heads? Why do we think that you need to apologize all the time? I mean, most of us would spend all that time when we're in public in big groups, bumping into each other like a bunch of sardines. You know, like we would, you'd never think about it. You'd just be like, yeah, I'm alone here. I think it's just become a very big blanket word. And it's not about the word itself. It's about the tone with which we deliver it. Yeah. Um, with sincerity. It's about taking your time and showing the person that you actually mean something. And with excuse me, it's very much a throwaway word. It's like asking someone whether they mind if you do something. And in my experience, I don't look out for whether they say yes or no. I look out for the nature of their response. Because a lot of people confuse, yes, do you mind, you know, it's sometimes it's no, I don't mind. And sometimes it's yes, go ahead, do and what I think you're it asking depends for. on the culture as well. You know, like I think, for example, if you're in England, like the British apologize all the time. They'll just say it is as punctuation. It comes as commonly as commas. You know, it'll just be like, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. And it's the natural tone is up there somewhere. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Whereas like if you're in America, I find that much less much less apologetic, you know, like they, they tend to just say things and do things and they're more comfortable in that maybe slightly awkward moment. Well, it's um, less formalized less between formalized. strangers. They're just more comfortable with one another. And if it's, if it's trivial to say sorry for touching someone on the hand on your way into an elevator, then they won't say it because it is pretty trivial. Unless, of course, it's deeply passive aggressive, you know, like, I'm sorry, but you should just never wear a suede. It looks terrible on you. This is, everything about this is wrong. Take it off immediately. Exactly. You know, like, it's, 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 but that almost, sorry has a meaning. It's got to drive. It's, it's, does it? Or is it just taking up, you know, it's trying to provide a social cushion? I don't know. I, I think it's I'm sorry for insulting you, but I am insulting you. You know, like, no offense, but. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think, yeah, it all depends on delivery, really, more than intent. Because I think a lot of the people who say sorry all the time, for them it's not a big deal. Versus the people who don't no. say it often. No, I think, I think it's, yeah, something that we just lean on. Definitely. And it's about what we actually mean behind the words. Definitely. And I think in Australia, we probably lean on it more than you do elsewhere. Yes. 
Good talks. Deep chats. Good times. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you enjoyed that segment, let us know. Hit us up with an email at thepod at arc.unsw.edu.au and maybe give us your suggestions for what to cover next time. So, it probably wouldn't surprise you to hear that there is an enormous gender gap in the field of engineering. Women make up only 11.6% of qualified engineers in Australia. It's not that men are inherently better at maths or science, rather, this is a cultural issue, and an important one being tackled by our Society of the Week. UNSW Women in Engineering. Ah, the humble student society, breathing life into the monotony of the everyday. We thank you not only for padding out our resumes, but for the community, the commitment, the barbecues and the beers. Who are these campus kings? Let's find out. Society of the Week! Uh, I'm Linda Chan, President of the UNSW Women Engineering Society. So I'm Jenny Chan and I'm the Sponsorship Director of UNSW Women in Engineering. Other unis such as UTS and UCIT, they already have women engineering societies and they've been established for a really, really long time. And we realised that, hey, UNSW doesn't have one, so why not make one? So the society is about creating a community to support women in the engineering field and really promote um, the cooperation between men and women working within the industry. To complete our aims, we have two different kinds of events, social events and career development events. Barbecues on every three weeks during the semester. Um, we also have our charity gala coming up in October. We had a movie night. We also had a high tea on International Women's Day. We also have career development events. So we recently had a resume interview and assessment discussion panel with five industry reps from companies like Google. And we also are working with Alex Bannigan, part of the Women Engineering Department in the Engineering Faculty, and we're working on a high school workshop where we provide interactive um, activities for high school female students interested in engineering. Other career development events also include our pilot mentoring program coming up. And what we do is we pair up some of our members with industry professionals, and they get an opportunity to be mentored by them over a course of three months. Uh, you can contact us through Facebook um, at UNSW Women Engineering. Um, we also have a web page, so that's wiaunsw.weebly.com. And you can also contact us at our email at wiaunsw at gmail.com. So you should get involved because there are plenty of opportunities to network with industry professionals. There's also career development opportunities and also volunteering opportunities where you get to build up really important soft skills. It's a great way for you to really interact with other engineering students who believe that women should be part of the engineering industry and just a really great way to interact with both younger students who are also interested in engineering and passing on your wisdom in the studies of engineering. some really great work being done. And if you'd like to get involved, head over to their Facebook page and website for further information. Well, that's just about all from us this week, guys. We'll catch you next time. See ya.